Welcome back. My guest, John Brown, former teammate of mine. Um, and I got him at the end of his career. I sure wish I would have been able to play back when he was in college and the pros. Uh, terrific player, terrific person. John, before the break, I mentioned I wanted to talk a little bit about faith and in your experience over the years, how did your faith affect you, um, your behavior, uh, et cetera? Because, you know, you look back and, and, um, and you were a star. I mean, you were a star in college. You go to the pros and it's so easy, I think, when you are successful to get off the, the, the right path. Uh, what, what kept you grounded? You know, really, I was uh, became a Christian around the eighth grade, and uh, my mom was uh, an integral part of that. She, we, there was a little country church. My mom was she did not like crowds, and she wouldn't go to a large church. But there was a small country church called Shepherd Baptist Church that we attended, you know, all through high school, my high school years, and I think that um, that really grounded me, and it. Uh, it helped me uh, just understand, you know, life and what what's right, what's wrong. Uh, it, you know, it, it, that took me to a point where, as a driving force in my life, my mom worked in shoe factory, and for her, I wanted to make a good living and try to help her get out because I knew it was killing her. I knew it was so hard on her. There was she could only last so long, so. Uh, that was a driving force really through high school. Made me work a little extra harder, a little extra hard on, on, uh, uh, in the summer and what have you. Uh, and in, in college, my, really my, one of my number one goals was to help my mom, uh, get out of that shoe factory. And I think, uh, I think having faith and, uh, knowing that, you know, um, Things are going to work out if you try to do the right thing, which um, uh, I tried. I, I failed a lot. We, we all do. We all, we all make mistakes, and we know that uh, those mistakes are forgiven. Just ask for forgiveness, and you know, we, we know that. Uh, but that driving force, so when I was able to sign my first contract with the Hawks, I was able to get her a house and get her a car and help her in life. and. It made it hard for me sometimes financially because I was supporting two households. I was living in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, we think about all the money these guys make today. Well, you know, by the time you split it a few ways, it, it wasn't all that much. And I, and I feel like, um, those are sacrifices that I, I gladly made. But, uh, I think, uh, I think God, uh, I think he's taking care care of me because I took care of her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know there's no deals out there that you make to, to, you know, to be rich or something, but I just feel like, uh, I always feel like I've been blessed because I, because I really tried to take care of my mom. And I, and I, I, um, I am a man of faith and I think that, uh, it, it keeps me grounded and, uh, it's been a crazy, Couple of years, you know, churches are closed and 
And, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an important part of my life. This is my afterlife. You know? Yeah, you, uh, I think you really blessed you with a, a beautiful bride, uh, Brenda, coming along. You know, Brenda used to come on our basketball trips with us, and she was pretty much like one of the guys. It was terrific having her along. Uh, and you met her a little bit later in life. Uh, you guys share that faith? Is she, she that type of a person too? She is. Yeah, she's she's more uh, she's more diligent about reading the Bible a little bit more than I do. I I, I fall short there some, but she uh, she is really good that way. I mean, she's uh, and she was good for our girls. You know, she could uh, you know, tell all the stories and and uh, help them on, in their decisions in life and what have you. But no, Brenda's been uh, absolutely a, a talking about a godsend, you know, to me. Uh, and uh, uh, and I would go to like when I went to Italy, my my first wife would come over for uh, two or three weeks, and then she'd leave, go back to the states. And I think about Brenda, my present wife. She would never leave. Me. She would have never, ever, ever left Italy to come back to the states. She she's just that kind of person. She 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 would never leave. Italy. And, and those are the kind of things that, that drew my first bite out of my heart is that this wasn't the dedication there, uh, to be with me. And I just, Brenda and I had to have a great life. And we, we were very thankful, uh, that, that we've been blessed so much. But yeah, she comes, she loves to come to games. She got to love the tournaments, the World Nike World Championship games. And we had a great run out there because beat the 72 Olympic team. Yeah. That's a Russian. We came out there, and that was my payback for uh, <laughs> not getting to play in the seventy-two Olympics, the original seventy-two Olympics. So we beat the Russian Olympic team out there. That, I'll always remember that. It's one of the absolute highlights of my my post uh, NBA career is beating those Russians. I got the last laugh. <laughs> you know, we not only beat them, we beat the hell out of them too. We beat them by like yeah. thirty in the championship game, <laughs> and I think you went for like thirty-eight, <laughs> something like that. So that was good. It was so fun getting that American flag over us, taking those pictures. That was just so awesome. <laughs> that was a great, great trip. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about your business. Uh, you have been extremely successful in, uh, I, you were in construction, I think, for some and, and definitely in the ad administration of uh, property, et cetera. Uh, has your faith guided you in that? Is one question. The second question is: Were there things in athletics that lend themselves to the way you manage your organization? You know, I always look for team team uh, team spirit. Uh, try to find people that will fit into a team. And honestly, um, over the years, you run into a lot of people that don't don't fit. And for good or bad, Vince Lombardi once said, you know, you can't change people. You know, you know. And as much as we try to change people sometimes, uh, most people do not change. Uh, they, if they're a certain way, uh, I've had a lot of scoundrels come through and some embezzlement at times. And, you know, you, you do your best to get good people. I've got unbelievable crew right now, but sometimes, you know, lives change. People leave. You got to hire new people, but I've always tried to keep it, you know, Teamwork, 
uh, and that, you know, keep the fun involved. You, you, property management, uh, which is, you know, 90% of what we do is very stressful. You know, you've got people that are, they're upset about, you know, their air conditioner not working or whatever the case may be. Uh, and they want it done now. And so, uh, it's stressful as a, as a, as uh, a property manager to keep, you know, and we do a very good job. We've got maintenance people that are there the same day. A good job, but there's still a lot of stress, and sometimes people don't pay. And with the pandemic, we've got people who are using some of the current laws to not just not pay. You know, they sit there. We cannot, we cannot evict them. Uh, we've got people. We've got one person that owes eight thousand dollars in back rent. Uh, we can't get them out. It's against the law. Uh, so, what did I? How do I apply a teamwork of basketball? The same thing. Just you try to get good people together. You try to try to make it uh, keep it loose, keep it fun. Uh, knowing there's going to be stressful times, you got to pay them. You got to you got to do what everybody else says. You got to do them vacations. You got to get some health insurance. You got to do things that you got to compete with the rest of the rest of the other businesses out there. But it's been good. Um, I'm to the point now where I can travel more. Unfortunately, I've got people that I can leave right now. And I know it's going to work just as good or better than it is. That's great. If you can get into that type of position, that's just wonderful. But uh, you're right. I, there's a, a book that was written at, uh, well, a number of years ago uh, by James Collins, Jim Collins. And, it's, um, and, and he always talks about, it's called Good to Great. And it's talking about good companies becoming great companies and how they go about doing that. And one of the things that he talks about in there is, you got to get the right people on the bus. And then once you get the right people on the bus, you got to get the right people in the right seat. You know, and, and if, yeah. if you don't get the right people on the bus, if they don't fit in the right seat, you got to get rid of them. Like you say, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's ways of doing that that aren't, uh, you know, brutal or harsh or mean or anything else. I mean, I've had to do that when I was in business, uh, not often necessarily, but, you still are concerned about that person and their opportunities going forward. So you can try and help them move into an area where they could be successful. You know, but, uh, my last question, last couple of questions I want to ask you is, first of all, have you ever wanted to coach? I always thought that I would be a decent coach. Um, but I've always remembered one thing. I, I would rather be remembered as a good player than a bad coach. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a good reputation as a player, and I really don't want to screw that up. But that'd be, I'm, maybe I would have been a great coach, but maybe I'd have been terrible too. So, John, I should have taken your advice. I should have taken your advice. I think I could have helped a lot of young men. Um, I've got a fairly gentle personality, and I know the fundamentals. Uh, of a game, and, and I think I could have helped a lot of people, but at the same time, you know, the business world uh, called, and uh, uh, it worked out. A lot of people, you know, probably end up coaching because, like, say, at the high school level, because they're really, you know, they've been pulled from the soccer team or been pulled from the baseball mm -hmm. team. Well, you got to coach basketball, too. You know, it's not really their first desire. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, no, I, I actually think about that a lot. Of what kind of coach I would have been. I coached a little league. 
just like everybody has, coaches the daughters and stuff. And we were good. And we were fundamentally sound. Uh, but uh, I've got the good basketball part hanging in there. And that's what I want you to remember, Joe, that I was a good basketball player. And, uh, you, don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about that. I was 0-19 on my college coaching <laughs> debut or something. You know? Well, there, there's a huge difference between, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to play point guard, you know, all my life. And I always felt like I could control the game uh, from that position or I could help control the game from that position. But when you're sitting on that bench over there, it's really hard to control the, the game. Uh, you can in, try and influence it in many ways, but it, it's it's a difficult, it's more difficult, I think, than I thought it would be when I left uh, corporate America to become a coach. I slept better at night than you did. <laughs> you know, you, you say that. I still, I still go to bed at night and think, why did that referee make that one call that kept us from winning that one game that would have allowed us to go to the national tournament? I still think about that today. You know, it's been 12 years since I coached or 11 years since I was coaching. So it, it never goes away. It never goes away. Uh, any career regrets? Oh, I, I regret getting into a fight one night with a guy named Callan Murphy. I was, I was going out for a rebound in Atlanta and Calvin Murphy was about a, I don't know, I'd call a six foot guard in the NBA, good, great player in the all star caliber. Well, he struck his leg out to trip me because when I went up and I, and I, I rebounded the ball and then I fell backwards on my butt and his leg was at a diagonal. And as soon as I saw what he did, I turned around and punched him. Well, next thing I know, I get about three punches in about two seconds. And, uh, of course, they kick us both out of the game for fighting. I get back in the locker room, and Gene Tormolin, I used to call him Bumper Tormolin, that uh, played for the Hawks in the old days, and our assistant coach, he said, John, what in the world do you get in a fight with him for? He said he's a golden glove boxer. I said, I said, Bumper, why didn't you tell me that beforehand? You know, I would have never done that. But that's that's the day that we lived in. You you fought. I mean, day one, Cotton Fitzsimmons said, John, you got to be ready to fight. And now you cannot do that. But back then, yeah. it was kind of encouraging. You know, you you cannot let people run over you. And I think the technical technical foul for a fight was three hundred. And it was taxi doctor, you know, so you got into four fights a year and you held your ground, but, uh, I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have went after that guy because I believe me, if I found one as a boxer, I would have never done it. But really, I don't have any regrets. You know, you, you hindsight's always 20 you know, um, and, uh, are there, you'd always think about doing things differently, but I had a great run. I'm happy in life. Uh, uh, I'm not going to dwell on the negative. Sometimes <clears throat> we as human beings, we start thinking of the negative stuff. And we just get in this little hole. And when that starts happening to me, I say, wait a minute. Think about all the good things, you know? And you get out of that hole and you get positive again. And so I don't let stuff like that happen because we've all screwed up a lot and we've got some regrets, but you can't dwell on that because it doesn't do any good. Life's better served being positive and just getting rid of those thoughts. Life is much happier. 
you have the ability to do that. Yeah, I agree. Any advice that you'd give for young coaches that might be watching this this podcast? Because um, you've gone through the different stages in the high school, the college, the pro, and et cetera. So uh, advice that you might give to them. I would say, uh, for one thing, don't forget the past because the, the game, to me, has not really changed. Uh, we can we can take a guy like uh, Zion Williams, and we can go back to a Charles Barkley, and we can go back to a Wes Unsell. These guys are all unbelievably big, strong, talented people that were unbelievable in their day and probably still play today. Uh, but yet today, there's not much offense for him. Uh, you take someone like Brad Stevens at, at, at uh, Boston. He comes up with great out of bounds plays and he runs some offense a lot, you know, more so than a lot of people. But just don't forget the past I and mean, look at some film. Uh, a lot of fundamentals have been lost. You know, that simple little mic and drill, uh, can make even, you know, nobody wants to play back to the basket, right? Even, you know, even big people want to shoot, want to face the basket. I'd say pick up that skill. You know, teach your teach your guards like yourself. Teach them how to post up a guy. Mm-hmm. You might have a guy five ten trying to cover you, post him up. Mm-hmm. But you got to have those. You got to work on those skills. Back to the basket skills because nobody's got them. And 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 why not have one more skill? But just staying with the fundamentals. Hey, there's still you can still run a play like the triangle that Phil Jackson ran all those years with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. That's a triangle. That's the same play we ran in Missouri, same play that uh Simmons ran in Atlanta. It's a it's a read the defense type of play. I don't understand why there's not more of that kind of basketball. I mean it worked for the Bulls all those years. Um and to me the game does not change that much except for the amount of reason. You know, there's there's who would have thought there had been a no shoot no shoot area between the three point line and about Eight feet in, you don't shoot in that area. That's a no shoot zone in pro basketball because they say, well, just get outside the line or go to the basket. One or the other. Don't shoot a mid range jump shot anymore. But I can, you've, you've watched a lot of games where you're down three and you got a minute and a half to go and guys keep launching threes yeah. to try to get back and, and end up missing them. And if they had just gone for the solid two, Go on the basket, get foul. You could have got back in the ball game. It's, it's such a tempting shot. But I'd like to see more old school basketball. Play. I think someday we'll get back to that. I think people will get tired of, of what we're doing now and they'll get back to it. I, I do think that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, the, you know, it started probably about 10 years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that, when they started coming out and setting that high pick. You know, and, and yeah. your big your big guy comes out and sets the high pick. And in the pros, a lot of times you have guys that can do the pick and pop. So your big guys can yeah. shoot the three. And, and, and But they've been running that same thing over and over and over for years and years. And personally, I don't think it's that difficult to stop. I mean, <laughs> trap it. I mean, trap that thing. And, and you can keep somebody from hurting you if you, if you really work on your traps. I mean... But eventually, they're going to get away from that and come up with something else, just like you say. And, and it all goes back to, you know, read and react, share the basketball, move without the basketball, you know, and play hard. 
you can do those things, you're going to win. And uh, that's my opinion anyway. But uh, I think if I had advice for, for younger coaches, I'd say don't go with the trends all the time. Just about what you're saying. You know, look back and see how things worked before. Is that something that can work today? And if you execute, it will work today. Yeah, you, know, you see teams that uh, that'll they're playing against a two three zone or something. They don't know what to do. Yeah, so there's lots of plays against a two three zone or a three two zone or whatever. There's plays you can run against those, but no people see it these days. They don't know what to do. They just shoot, pass the ball around, try to shoot a three. But um, just harken back to the past a little bit. It's all there. Like I say, the game will always the pick and roll will always work, and the give and go will always work, and the moving without the basketball will always work. Uh, just stick with the fundamentals and uh, maybe, you know, maybe try a little bit of the old stuff. I'd love to see it. I, I know that, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the popularity of pro, pro basketball is down a little bit right now. Maybe people are finally getting tired of that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, they may be. Well, John, this has been just terrific. I've really enjoyed the time we spent together today and, uh, I, I value our friendship. You know, it's always something that's been special to me. Uh, I was very blessed to have been on that team when Randy Knoll asked you to come play with us and got to know Brenda over the years and uh, know that you've been a great dad, um, just a super person. And to be able to have you share your thoughts and everything with people that do see this podcast means a lot to me. So thank you for being our guest. And hopefully I can... uh somehow get you out to play in the over 70 group. Well, I got two titanium knees or whatever. They're supposed to last 30 years. And my doctor said I can play, but my verticals went from two inches down to about an inch. So I don't know if I can help you. (laughs) John, thanks a lot. Uh, It's really great seeing you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.